Hey, you empowered human. It is Nina here. You are officially listening to Triggered Can We Play With That wherever you get your podcasts. You might also be watching us on YouTube. So hello, friends. And if you are not following me on Instagram, now is a great time to do that, especially if you're big on visual representation and media. So what is today's very juicy episode going to be about? <laughs> this particular episode is, of course, going to deal with triggers around a very particular topic. And of course, it is going to invite you to transform hard conversations into teachable moments. That is everything that we do on this podcast. So today, when we talk about what are we triggered by? This episode is designed for all of you who want to lean into your edge and redefine your relationship with queer identity, with queerness, with the queer community, with your own queer parts, with queer people beyond you. Do you see where I'm going with this, folks? Don't make me keep going here. You get where I'm leaning into in this episode. We are building a bridge. So if you have struggled with internalized queer phobia or externalized queer phobia, guess what? This episode is for you. I want to invite you on in and I want to be able to play with these really uncomfortable spaces. And here's the thing. That discomfort is not because of queer people. It is because of something that exists within you. And this episode is about exploring that. Okay. So I want us to explore that. I want us to lean in. Of course, it's not going to be every facet that we could ever explore in this, but it is going to be at least one. So I want you to have a journal or a really good friend to dialogue with about what comes up for you in this episode, because of course, you know, I am curious, my friend, are you ready to play? Welcome to Triggered. Can we play with that? You know that moment when your emotions ramp up in an instant, leaving you feeling helpless, frozen, or out of control? In that moment, you've been emotionally hijacked, the very definition of triggered. And I want to ask you, can we play with that? I'm Nina El Garcia, drama therapist and empowerment coach of Houston Creative Arts Therapy. Join me as we discover ways to empower you and the people who mean the most to you to transform hard conversations into teachable moments. Triggered. Real playful. Real respectful. Real empowered. Let's take a breath. Mm. Welcome. So one of the things that is really big in this podcast, if you haven't noticed already, is I will say to you, can we play with that, right? Are you ready to play with this? And when we talk about playing with something, it's not like, ha ha, let's make fun of it and find funny things. Sometimes we do find fun things and funny things. But when I invite you to play with something, what I'm actually inviting is for you to take it and maneuver it and be willing to look at it in different ways. That is what I mean by can we play with that? Can we be willing to see it and engage with it in a different way? So for all of you who have your journals or you're like, I'm ready to click save or you've got your friend there near because y'all know I'm big on growth. That's the first thing that I want you to really invite yourself to think about. 
what does it mean to play with this idea of queerness, of queer identity? How do we lean in and play with that this month of June, which is, of course, Pride Month for those of you who don't know? So I want to invite you to play with it. That's the first thing. How can you even play with this, right? Well, I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to tell you what we are inviting the empowered human community and beyond to lean into this month so that we can truly play with this topic. So (laughs) first things first, can we do a story? Let's do the story. So true moment here. I was standing on my street one day, and for the context of this, I'm a human being. Hello. And the way that I human, I won't go over every identity, but for the context of this story, the way that I human involves me identifying as a mixed individual because I am of Puerto Rican descent. I have African, Spanish, and indigenous uh, culture within my bloodstream, within my background, within my history of my family, right? And so I am a mixed individual walking out of my house onto my street to meet my neighbor who has waved me over from across the way. Furthermore, let's tell you about my neighbor. My neighbor, and just so we're clear, I'm going to cast some identities on the other people in this story in which the the narratives are presenting this way, even if they don't identify necessarily this way, specifically for context for you, but also because I did not specifically ask them. So my neighbor... In this case, we're going to call that neighbor Joe. And uh, Joe, just so we're clear, right? The moment that I'm about to share can't really encapsulate everything that Joe is. It can just be this moment. So we've got a character here, representation. Joe comes over to me from his side of the street. And Joe, uh, for the sake of the story, is a black man uh, in his 60s or so. And comes over to me. After he's waved me over and I go, yes, yes. And I meet him in the middle of the street and he gestures down to the end of the street at this ginormous house that is being built on the street. Just can you believe that? And at first I'm thinking like, is he referring to like the house being so big? Like it's massively larger than the other houses on our street, right? I'm like, is this like a socioeconomic thing? Is this a, are we jealous? Like, how should I feel in this moment, right? I'm trying to like connect with this human being. I'm like, okay, what's going on? He's frustrated about something. Okay, can I believe what, Joe, right? I re- say it back to, can I believe what? I need some clarification here. And Joe looks at me and goes, can you believe this? Two, basically men living down the street. I mean, they're, what is that? Like schwimmen, like schmen? And I was like, Oh, the light bulb went up. Snap, crackle, pop. Joe here is referring to the two human beings who built that ginormous house, the two people who happen to be lesbians. Again, I'm casting this on them, although they are two women together, just so we're clear. And he is using a lot of derogatory language to refer to them. And I just stood there again and I was like, Are you referring to the lesbians down the street? The lesbians who built the house there? Yes, I just, whatever you want to call it. They just can't. (laughs) I'm going to pause the story here, y'all. Because in this moment, we have a variety of identities and characters that are already present. You got a mixed person who also identifies as queer, just so we're in context of the story, walking across the street to the black man seemingly identifying as heterosexual and very definitely homophobic in this moment. 
about the lesbians who live down the street. And for the sake, since I've brought in race and ethnicity, white lesbian uh, women <laughs> living down the street. Uh, now we've got a whole cast of characters that are present here for this story. This is what we are playing with today. If you are not in a space to play with that, it is okay to say, you know what, Nina, thank you for this offering on the table and I'm going to exit stage left. However, if you have capacity, my friend, please walk with me because this is a goodie, okay? This episode is a goodie. Lean in with me if you can. Let's keep walking. I'm going to pause that story there where I had it. There really is no need to keep telling you how that conversation went or what ended up happening because in this episode, what I want you to do is lean in first and think about where in this story do you feel that you would be? We've had different instances of race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status potentially, and age. And in this moment, with all of these different characters and roles and identities that are present, I want us to think about what does oppression look like and where does the fear come from? Because for my neighbor, Joe, who's clearly sitting with fear here, although he's expressing anger outwardly, we see the triggered part, write that down if that's you, expressing anger on the outside, it's fear on the inside. It's fear underneath it all. Fear of what is the question. But I also, in this moment, don't necessarily want us to explore what that fear is. Now, just so we're clear, write that down if you're like, yes, that's the thing I want to explore. What is my fear? Because if that's where you're leaning in, then fantastic. You are going to be a level one. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. Just keep that, keep a note on that. Of this cast of characters, oppression is oppression is oppression. And if you are not familiar with what that is, we're going to talk about the tools of the oppressor and the oppressor character. And we're going to play with it, okay? Because I want you to be able to take this moment, this 20 minutes that we're here together, and I want you to use it no matter what. Because I already know, before I talk about tools of the oppressor and oppressor, oppression, oppression, right? I already know that some people are going to say, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you've brought in, you know, race and you brought in ethnicity and you brought in socioeconomic status and it can't all be about queer people, Nina. Actually, that's exactly what this episode is about. <laughs> and second, it's not just um, race in this case, minimizing and oppressing queer identity, right? There is an intersection there and I want you to explore what your own intersection might be. But I have also heard homophobia from people in the queer community against other queer people, right? People who, in the case of one moment that I, I, it just echoes in my head, I had a lesbian share with me. She didn't believe that bisexual people existed, right? That she didn't believe that people could be attracted to multiple people. You were either attracted to men or you were attracted to women. And that's the way that it was. And that also was a way of, yes, protecting the self from fear of what happens if I don't exist, what happens if I minimize, right? Certainly other people can't exist beyond what I know to be true. And yet it minimized a whole portion of humanity that does exist that way. And so this is why we are leaning into this, because when I say oppression and when I say oppressor, I want you to think of it. Here's your tool. Get ready to write it down as a character. That oppressor character has different tools that they use in order to oppress. So when we talk about the tools of the oppressor, they can be used 
by any human being that can enroll as an oppressor. Any human being. It does not care about your race or your ethnicity or your nationality or your socioeconomic status. The oppressor role can be a part of any human identity. The only requirement, in fact, for those of you who are like, tell me more, Nina, the only requirement, in fact, is that you minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject another human being for some facet of their identity. That is the role of the oppressor. And that is what the oppressor does with its tools. Minimizes, write this down, misrepresents, write this down, or outright rejects. Write that down. This is how we begin to see that oppression can happen regardless of identity, that it is about the way that we think, feel, and behave towards another human being, but it begins internally. So already, we're going to pause here. I want you to think and collect your thoughts. How are you feeling about this idea of queer identity? How are you feeling about the stories that I've told so far? What's sitting with you when you think about the character of the oppressor? And what is sitting you when you think about the tools of the oppressor? The three that I have listed as far as right behaviors go, right, is minimizing, misrepresenting, or outright rejecting. And honestly, that can happen in your thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. More on that another time. The next bit that I want us to be able to lean into on this, now that you've taken a minute to hopefully go over that, is the difference between a powered view of this and an empowered view, okay? A lot of you hear me talk about the empowered human movement and how we're trying to build bridges of understanding. That is what this episode is designed to do, to try to build a bridge of understanding. In a powered world, we are willing to minimize, misrepresent, and outright reject. In a powered world, I am willing to remove your agency and to oppress you if it means that I will still be okay at the end of the day. Most of us are raised to engage in powered ways. What this also means in the context of these stories is exactly what my neighbor Joe the way that he was acting was a powered way. Because Joe felt some kind of way about two human beings down the street who literally have nothing to do with Joe, right? Not, not um, directly anyway. Joe's feelings are still very real. The fear is real. The anger is real. The feelings are real. It's just that the story that fuels those feelings is not based in Joe's lived experience of these two human beings. Those two people have now been cast in a story that Joe already possessed. Does that make sense? So when we think about powered ways of existing, and when you are willing to minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject either queer identity in other people or even queer identity in yourself, is it based on your lived experience saying that this is a terrible, horrible thing that has actually harmed you directly? Or is it based on a story that you were given about someone else's discomfort, about someone else's misunderstanding, and about somebody else's willingness to minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject because of how they felt? 
this is how a powered world continues to exist. And this is why I want to invite you to lean into an empowered world and an empowered way of engaging. In an empowered world, I am willing to own my truth without oppressing myself and without oppressing you. That means in an empowered world, I'm not willing to remove your sense of agency. I matter. I wouldn't want you to do that to me. And so do you. In an empowered world, we say, I own my truth without oppressing myself and without oppressing you. I am not willing to minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject you. Because if I do, that means that I am willing to engage as the oppressor and use the tools of the oppressor, which we have since learned any human being can enroll as. It's a role, people. We learn it and we either challenge it or we use it. I am not here to tell you how you should exist as a human being. I can't tell you in the context of your own moments what you should and should not do what is and is not going to be beneficial to you. But I am absolutely here to tell you the difference between powered and empowered engagement. So if you are willing to oppress, to minimize, misrepresent, and outright reject, then let's call a spade a spade. You're in a powered engagement, and that's the way you choose to exist in the world. And if you are not willing to minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject because you want to exist as you are, and you want to let other people exist as they are, it doesn't mean you're not curious. It doesn't mean you don't question and it doesn't mean you don't challenge. It just means very specifically that you are not willing to minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject. If that's you, then you are willing and choosing to live in an empowered human world. And I will tell you honestly, I have an empowerment bias. I have that bias because I know in my lived experience that the transition from powered to empowered in every moment that I get to to own my truth without oppressing myself and without oppressing somebody else has helped lift me up to feel aligned with my existence as an empowered human being. I love my life. I love my vibrance. And I love being around other people who want to live and exist in their own vibrance as well. I don't want to change you. And I don't want to be changed by you. But if in our coexistence, in our shared moments and our human to human interaction, I naturally shift because of our lived experience together. Then far better be the world for it, my friends, and far better be I for it. So here is that lesson. I've told you the story, I've dropped you a little few nuggets of knowledge. The lesson that we're taking away, of course, is this the oppressor, put it in quotes. It's a character, it's a role, and any human being can enroll as it. What does it take to enroll as the oppressor? You need the tools of the oppressor. What are the tools of the oppressor, among all many things, for the sake of this episode? A willingness to minimize, misrepresent, or outright reject. For those of you who I know are going to be like, yeah, but what does that mean? What does that look like? Really quickly, in a nutshell, to minimize is to make feel that they are less than or that they are wrong. That's a really easy way to minimize somebody. You're wrong for doing that. Or how could you even think that? Or you're too loud. Why are you so obvious, so flamboyant? Could you just tone it down enough? All of that is minimizing, 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 okay? If you are like, okay, well, what's misrepresentation? 
It is one thing to misinterpret someone to say, oh, I thought that you were saying this or expressing this when really this is what you meant, right? This was your intent. That's a misinterpretation. A misrepresentation is intentionally saying that someone is something they are not. It's intentionally saying that someone is something that they don't identify as. That is a misrepresentation. Outright rejection probably needs no definition or explanation. It is literally rejecting people, excluding people, putting people down, making laws that exclude people, right, from expressing their own humanity. Uh, and we're not talking about harm here. And I know that's a bigger conversation for those of you who want to go down that rabbit hole. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people just living, living their own life, doing their own thing, being human, just like you, just like me. So. That is the lesson that we are going to be taking from today. And of course, you know, I've got an adventure challenge for you, my friends. Here we go. If you are up for it this upcoming week, right, between this episode and the next one, I want to invite you to lean into your edge. We have gamified this for you, folks. We have gamified how you can lean in as a human being, lean into your edge with queer identity this month in June. We have for you, drum roll, please, a queering. West. Yes, cue the music, cue the lights, cue all the dramatic things. Picture it, the queering quest, in which we are going to lead you through a series of choices that you get to make, a series of commitments that you get to make this June. And if, my friend, you can make those commitments, and there will be a link to this in these show notes. We're so stoked. It's the first month we're doing it. I'm ready. If you can make those commitments, you will be able to win a very special prize, a book bundle from Alok V. Menon. And if you don't know this individual, they are a champion, right? I, I would I would label them this, <clears throat> excuse me, of challenging the gender binary. My voice is giving out. This is a sign I need to stop talking for this episode. So forgive me in my humanness. I'm going to bring it down a notch. That is your adventure challenge. Join the queering quest. It very simply is going to lead you through three different parts. Part one is the leaning in continuum. It says, hey, from one to five, one being the most private, least public it could be, and five being the most public, least private it could be, where are you when it comes to your relationship with queer identity? Are you at a one or two or three or four or five? And when you click the link, you will see more about what I mean in that. It really helps you to say, oh, I'm ready to deal with this with just me, level one, or with someone I trust, level two, or with someone who has a parallel experience, level three, or semi-publicly, level four, or I'm ready to be an advocate, level five. Yeah? You will choose one of those. And then beneath that, I told you there was a second step. The second step, look at the activities that you could be doing this month of Pride and lean into your edge by choosing one, just one. That's it. That's all I'm asking for in this case. Feel free to choose more, but I'm asking you to commit to one. And once you've chosen that activity, I want you to move to step three, your final step. Commit to an accountability buddy. Is that accountability buddy going to be, and we do have some lists for you, is it going to be just a private journal entry because you're at level one? 
Is it going to be a selfie between you and a friend because you're at level two? That's someone you trust. Is it going to be, and these are just examples that I'm giving folks, right? Three, uh, parallel experience. Four is semi-public and five is like go on social and you're going to tag me and I'm going to repost your stuff, right? It tells you all the different levels. And it is really about you defining what this querying quest is going to look like for you. I want you to approach this and stop avoiding it. And if you're like, Nina, I'm not avoiding it. I'm absolutely approaching it. Fantastic. Share that with me. Share that with our community. Let them know what you're doing. And if you know that this is going to benefit you or somebody else, we're already moving into the end of this episode. First, my call to action for you, Adventure Challenge, join the querying quest. Second, call to action, Adventure Challenge, share the querying quest. That is our invitation this month. I want to invite you to play with what I feel is a beautiful part of humanity. Play with all the parts of you that might be afraid and be less afraid. Because at the end of the day, anything that exists outside of you, just in its existence being scary, is not actually because of its existence. It's because of a story that you have within you. So if you can lean into your edge in this quest or this month with your own relationship with queer identity, if you can lean into your edge and approach it in a different way, play with it in a different way this month, it might just help diversify the stories that you have enough to give you such perspective that you are not afraid anymore. And it didn't take removing anyone else or changing anyone else. All it did was take you controlling what you can control with some new tools being looked at in a new way. So that is what I planned for you today, folks. Thank you so much for listening in. And of course, if this has been helpful, share it. Biggest thing you can do to help create a dialogue. If this has been really helpful and you're like, Nina, I want to let you know, reach out to me. It really does help me figure out what kind of material you all want to hear on the podcast in the Empowered Human Community. And of course, for those of you who are thinking about joining the Empowered Human Community, thank you so much for being willing to explore your triggers, of course, in this human-to-human way. And I want you to stay curious. <music>